You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. It's Chris and Dave, still under the cloud, still in the shadow of a tough 34-31 overtime loss to the Colts of Indianapolis. I don't know, Dave. Um, This was a tough one. It was a tough one because it was a damn good game. It was entertaining. Packers scored a lot, um, and the game was there for the taking, and they couldn't pull it out. You know, when they played against Tampa and they got their ass kicked, it's like, okay, you know. Right. What, but this one, uh, this was one that I thought at halftime that, hey, you know, maybe, maybe they're going to, you know, come out here and win against a really good team, the number one defense in the league, offense moving the ball at will. I thought, man, this is, you know, sure, there's some turnovers, but, you know, it hasn't derailed them. Then the second half happened. Mm. <laughs> So anyway, I know you, you were mentioning that uh, having to watch it uh, by yourself, you were a caged animal. <laughs> I was. Wait and I was event. rattling my cage using Twitter as my weapon, just rattling <laughs> it back and forth for anyone who cared to listen. <laughs> well, I'm sure you didn't offend anybody on Twitter. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I didn't say anything dumb. Not a single thing. Of course not. Um, but I will say, you know, I – Went upstairs a couple times, you know, to uh, during commercial breaks, and you know the commercial breaks. That's something that's interesting. You know, when I I was tempted to pause it, and like at some point in the third quarter, I thought I, I know where this game is headed, and the year of twenty twenty doesn't really give me the intestinal fortitude to face it. But there's something about watching it live, and then having those commercials where it's just this. It's random breaks in the tension that almost ramps it up because it's like you're waiting, waiting to happen. It's a good thing it just happened. It gives you a chance to reflect and be happy. If it's something bad happens, then you're just like really upset about it. Um, but I think what was just amazing is at the overtime break, so you're like, oh, my gosh, we're going into overtime. I go upstairs, and I see that the game had was at least three hours long at that point. I think it was started at, what, 3.30? Yeah, and it was, it was probably yeah. 6.30 or a little after that, and I thought – what form of entertainment exists out there, you know, it, it, that would may, put me through the roller coaster I went through? I mean, if this was a movie, uh, you know, I guess what would be a good length of it? Like Gandhi was the song, or uh, the right, a few good men, or the right what's stuff. What's that? Or the one that came out last year, um, uh, the Martin Scorsese uh, film. Um, yeah, that's right. With yeah, the, that was like four hours or something, right? Yeah, Robert De Niro uh, right. supposed right. to be looking young. That one. Yeah. But, you know, and it was a movie that just like put me uh, through so much, you know, the first half of the movie for intermission. Uh, I loved that movie. It was it had some ups and downs, but, you know, it was it was it was very pleasant. I, I loved it. It ended on just a great note and uh, it really enjoyed intermission. And then in the second half, uh, in the second act, maybe the bad guys yeah. came. Back. It was Empire Strikes Back. It was like nothing good happened in that second half. And I just slowly, slowly just got angrier and angrier and angrier. Uh, then we get to halftime or uh, overtime, and now we're getting into the last act. And, uh, I mean, I was glued to it. There's no way you could have said, like, you know what? I've been doing this for three hours. 
it's time for me to take a bath or, you know, something <laughs> else. It was well, like, you know, it's I'm always gonna... time for you to take a bath, Dave. Let's just put, <laughs> let's just put it right true. out there. Okay. Yeah. should probably clean my mouth out with soap for at least, <laughs> uh, you know, I went right down, I'm glued right to it. And, uh, wouldn't you know, the bad guys won Darth Vader cut Luke Skywalker's head off with his lightsaber. And, uh, it just landed with a thud. You know what? And it ended for me is because somehow with YouTube TV, it's on a delay and they're lining up for the kick, and I know they're going to kick the field goal right. But then I get a, a, see a tweet from Ryan Wood that says, and Packers lose 34-31. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so even the ending was like uh, anticlimactic. Climax, yeah, yeah. But, man, what uh, I, I just – I hated it. And I hated – I didn't watch any more football the rest of the day. I didn't read any of the articles. I didn't listen to podcasts or radio talk shows because I just wanted to distance myself from it. I mean, I – did something entertainment wise for three and a half hours, ended up hating the whole experience, but then I'm going to do it right again next, next Sunday. I, I it's really remarkable <laughs> kind of entertainment for me. Um, and people that don't have that in their life, I, I don't know if they're missing something or they're lucky, but, uh, it was quite, quite a ride Sunday. How did you experience it? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that because my reaction to games like this is, is almost the opposite. I can't wait to consume everything that I can about a game like this that's close. And there's so many ways the game could have tipped or turned a different way. Um, it, the ones where they either win by a lot or like the Tampa game, it's like, yeah, I mean, what can be said about that? Yeah, they were bad or yeah, they were good. They, they kicked the stuffings out of them. But in a game like this, that's close, a game that they had lots of different ways that they could have won it, should have won it probably. Or lost it. Yeah, uh, it's it's to me hearing the postmortem, the deconstruction, and you know this sounds a little condescending because I'm a fan, but huh, these fans, I love them. You know, they're they're calling up, and I know they're kind of in the moment. And when I'm and when I'm hearing them, oftentimes it's like in, in the next day's podcast, and I'm out of the moment. And to hear these people that are they've probably been on hold for 45 minutes or, or something, and yeah. they still have the vitriol. It just right there you know <laughs> so it's 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 almost in a way it's kind of funny to hear <laughs> it's it's like when somebody is out of control totally uh it's like in a fish called wanda where kevin klein is you know disappointed and he is you know <laughs> firing out of the the safe and so that's what these people are doing after the game but i enjoy trying to find out at that point i, I go on the internet i i read silverstein i read doherty you know, I try, I try to see – there are even times I'll go to the other team's uh, newspaper site if it's not a pay-protected one and, you know, uh, see what their columnists are saying, what their view is on it. You know, uh, comes to me, I'm really into it at that point. Uh, like it or not, unhappy or not, and sometimes it's a little tough to sleep because you're thinking, damn, there's so many ways they could have won that. But I really want to get into it. It's It becomes more of a thing for me at that point than – a game where they win comfortably or as the case may be, they get their ass kicked. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love recaps. I love recaps of TV shows, of movie yeah. reviews. I love all that, but I, I, uh, and I suppose I watched a movie that I hated. I'd probably want to recap that because I want to see, yeah, didn't you hate that too? And, right. uh, yep. you know, that's, and, and why did you hate it? And I really hate it. But this goes beyond that. It's now, it's like, it's personal. It's like, I got punched in the face. And I'm going to go someplace and say, hey, what happened again? They punched me in the face again. So since it hurt so much the first time, I don't want to get punched again. And 
I, I just kind of turn it off. And, um, you know, I, 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 someone had mentioned, well, before I mentioned 2014 playoff game, which I think that's brought me a little bit strong, but someone had mentioned that I did look, read a little bit on Reddit and every once in a while, an indie fan would, would chime in and say, you know, you should be really proud. You got a good team. Like they're really building up the Packers. Cause I think they legitimately want to look at this as a really great win for Indianapolis. <laughs> but it's That's so exactly funny. Our, what their general manager said, I mean, yeah. their, their GM was, was like, was, this is a, you know, it was a great, I, what's the uh, term he used? It basically like a milestone or a landmark, you know, kind of win. And I thought, isn't this like, you know, your ninth or 10th game of the season. And it's, you know, and played during a pandemic in, in front of a basically empty stadium. Why, why is this a big win? I, I, I don't know. I mean, it would have been nice to win, but I don't think it would have made a, I mean, would we have thought, yep, on the way to the Super Bowl now because we beat the Colts. I don't, right. I, I wouldn't have made that leap, but it's a big deal for them. Yeah. And I guess that's like when, uh, you finally realize that Indiana fans stormed the court when they beat the Badgers. It's like, wow, we must have arrived. Uh, when are, when are people storming when they beat us uh, at UW? But, yeah, uh, yeah. It, but so I, I think they wanted to legitimize this win. All I can think of is how stupid this, this loss was. And that's why I thought, could I categorize the losses, like the real gut-wrenching losses in different uh, categories? Like I feel like the Seattle loss in 2014, uh, like there's an element that I got stolen from me. Um, you know, there was fake punts and you know peppers saying lay down and there were some blown calls and bostic had the thing bounced off his helmet yeah. like i it was given to me and it was literally ripped out of my hands and given to seattle um tampa there's a lot, there's a lot at stake in that game because that was the you know yeah. championship game goes oh. that's one where i you know you're invested and you're just crushed this is a mid-season game against the non-conference opponent it I, it doesn't have the same weight from i even said anyway. yeah i said that to my family i said you know this game shouldn't be nearly as stressful because we could afford to lose this game. And yeah. I actually thought that we might, but then that it happened and it, and it just was, you know, kicked me right in the nuts. Uh, but you know, the Tampa game, I made me upset because uh, you know, it was just like, I don't think we're good enough this year. Right. Like yep. it, it, yep. it kind of brought reality and that was a shame, but this one made me mad because it felt that we were uh, played it really dumb. I, I just, mm -hmm. I, I mm -hmm. felt over and over, uh, and it's it's easy to say, you know, it should have done this, should have done that. Um, you know, even I think it's unfair for me to say, like, why would you run a play for MVS when, you know, the guy is 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 just so inconsistent, even though he caught he he, he created a pass interference, which was his second best play um, and uh, which is fine because he's fast. And then he caught he basically brought us back into the game yeah, with that yeah. bomb he caught. So that's fair. Um, but there are just dumb things. I think we go on of Darius Shepard. The defense, I think you go on and on and on yeah, yeah. at what I think we'd like to talk about. But that's sort of my feeling. I feel like we should have won this game, but we, we just, we, everything that sort of I could describe it just seems dumb to me. And it, it starts with the draft, too. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. But, you know, we had two wide receivers that really blew it for us with Darius Shepard. And I, well, I'm sure we'll argue with about MVS, but, you know, for you, people to say, they know what they're doing. They, you know, they have love is inactive again, and they are playing with two wide receivers that are not helping. Um, you know, even Lazard had a pretty quiet game, although he seems like a heck of a blocker. Yeah. Well, I, I just, actually, MVS had, had some nice blocks too. He does. I look. They, I think the two of them blocking creates openings for the running game, and I think we may see that against the Bears. And look, I, I think that's fine. 
But I think the dumbness started in the offseason with the draft and then it kind of carrying through through how they play defense, some of the calls they're making, uh, just, you know, lack of ball control or safety. And uh, there's just lots of things. I just felt this was a dumb loss. Um, yeah, well, I think what made it feel that way, and I'm not necessarily disagreeing here. I think what made it feel that way is all the turnovers. I mean, four turnovers after watching the Badgers commit five on Saturday. Uh, it was just cruel to watch, you know, four more on Sunday. And there were, you know, just it was it was it was a cavalcade of suck. You know, it was just not the kind of thing that I'm used to seeing from this team that's usually so careful with the ball. And Rogers, another interception. Now, I know it's only four on the season in what, nine games, 10 games. And yet, you know, back to back games with interception. We're just not used to seeing that from him. Yeah. And I, I kind of think that one was on him, too, like, like it was the week before. So, uh, you know, that was bad. And then a bungled snap. I mean, that was still when Lindsley was in the game. And, you, you know, you don't often see them go up that. exchange. Yeah, I mean, how long has he been the center? Five years? You know, something like that? Six years? He'd been center a long time there. So what the hell was that about? Now, yeah. Shepard Shepherd fumbling on the kickoff. You know, it was at a horrible time. But, I mean, okay, I kind of expect that because he's Darius Shepard. I mean, that's, that's kind of what you expect from that guy. And really, I mean, he's dead man walking. He has to be at this point. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's got to be, you know, on, on the way out. So, I, you know, I mean, it's – and then the thing with MBS at the end. By the way, uh, I heard today on one of the – I don't know if – I think it was the Green 19 podcast. That's his first fumble in 40 NFL games. So, I mean, it's not like he the, drops, the guy drops small. Yeah, well, no, that, no, that's the false equivalency that the big eunuch uh, pointed out that he's he's got bad hands. Well, it's the first time he's fumbled. Yeah, he doesn't hang on to the ball all the time. Although last three games, got the guy, the guy's been pretty solid. And, you know, 47 yeah. yard gain at the clutch moment. He caught that one and he probably would have had the, the touchdown had the guy not been, you know, holding his arm, his right arm a way where he couldn't make the play. I mean, so, so I don't have a big problem uh, with him, um, but the other stuff was like, well, I should have expected Shepard, but man, 12, um, kind of, dude, you know, get with the game. Uh, you're not, this isn't you. This, this isn't you making these kinds of uh, turnovers that cost you in the game. In the NFL, you get four turnovers. It's almost impossible Right. To win. And in fact, I would like to know how many teams with four turnovers in a game actually win, say, over the last 10 years in the modern NFL period or even the last 20 years. It, it, it can't be very many. So anyway, it, that that to me um, made this game weird because you, you just don't get that kind of turnover display uh, in the NFL. And a lot of them were unforced errors, too. I mean, I I, I think uh, Rodgers was to blame on on two of them. I guess the rookie for Indianapolis did knock the ball out of MVS's hands. So maybe that wasn't an unforced error so much. So anyway, yeah, that was hard for me to watch. That part of it made it weird and difficult. I, there's so many things to talk about with this game. I, I don't know where to even start. I you know, One, I have to give Indianapolis credit. I think they clearly, when you watch them kick off, that he yeah. was kind yeah. of thumping it away so that it would land you know short of the goal him line return it absolutely they they did yep. they saw that that this is a guy we want returning it that's because a great, at, great strategy 
at best he would get to the 25. Um, he's he, like some guys, you know, they run and they're the man, they're fast. And he did not look fast, look careful. And then they got the added bonus, uh, you know, of the fumble. But there was another time before where he really killed the drive. He ended up taking the ball. I think it was in the end zone. And he turned it out to the 10. And that sort of, and then they went three and out and gave great field position. From that point on, they're like, we're going to be punting it or kicking off short for, for Shepard. Um, and, and I do think, you know, every chance you get, you let that ball just fall into the end zone. Like, um, but they were smart. They, and I'm sure he was shy about that. That ball landed, you know, right on the, the man <laughs> on the edge of the line. So anything close, I'm sure after that, he had to catch it. Cause he just, he but saved himself. Dave, if that happened the week before when they don't have, you know, NSA, you know, surveillance on everything that happens. Yeah, because right. this was a featured game. They had an isolation on the ball landing <laughs> yeah. on the week before they couldn't find Never you know, seen a that. camera angle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, that was the only angle yeah. you could see that you could say, yeah, it may have hit. Because the other one on the side, it looked like, ah, that's pretty close. I don't know if you can tell conclusively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So I yeah, I mean that's the nice thing. Now you get you get, you know, uh, Joe and Troy, which by the way. I thought Troy, um, I know a lot of people get on him. I thought he had a good game. I mean, he was, I thought, pretty fair for the most part. And I know a lot of people like to ride them. Oh, they're not Packer fans at all. They hate the Packers. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily true. Yeah, I guess I can't see. Someone said early, like, why does Aikman have to start every game trash on the Packers? I was like, I'm listening to it. And I am a, as sensitive as the next guy. And I, I didn't notice anything. But Yeah, I don't uh, get that I sense. Right. I don't get that sense, yeah. But I hand it to Indy. I, I think they saw that weakness and uh, and adjusted to it. I don't know if we would have had an answer to it to say Darius, if it's close, let it let it, let it go to the end zone, um, or if there's somebody else that they could return it. Um, I guess you're afraid of injuries and all that. But uh, I wonder if he'll be returning this week. The other thing that you know, based on what I'm you said, I'm not sure was, he'll be returning to the team, Dave. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I, well, they had him back returning after the fumble. So I don't know. Lafleur well, seems like a forgiving guy. Uh, yeah, I I I'm wondering if he's if he's going to survive much longer. I think a lot depends on if Irvin's injury is is going to be solved. But I I I think they may have run out of some patience. Well, I I don't. Know. What are you going to do? You're going to pick up another wide receiver off the street, or is Oprah Winfrey going to play? Or uh, you know. Maybe we could have our first round pick. Oh no, he's he's a quarterback. Uh, he he won't be suiting up for this game. Uh, so I guess we'll be like many years before, where we run out of safeties and things like that. We'll have to pick someone up off the street and have another one of these. This guy was packing groceries this week, and now he's playing for the Packers. Well, they've uh, got Malik Taylor. You know, besides Oprah, you know, I mean, they, they they do have some people. And and now that they've got the the lizard is back, the lizard king. That's true. Not, not not Jim Morrison, uh, Alan Lazard. Uh, you know, so they they've, they've got their you know their top three guys, and they've got uh, you know about three tight ends. I mean, they've got plenty of guys to throw the ball to. I think I think he had did he have completions to nine different guys. So I think they've got guys to catch the ball. They really can't afford a guy who's going to drop the ball. And no. that's you know, it's if he had a great if he had an outstanding talent like he was as fast and big as MVS, but he's not particularly fast and he's not particularly big. Um, I know he's liked by the quarterback and other people, uh, but I, I'm starting to think that there's not a place for him on this team. 
I think so. Well, yeah, I didn't catch any passes. The return, it isn't just the fumble. It was the you know the the returns he had where he, he just couldn't get past the twenty is is really frustrating. Right. But the other thing I wanted to talk to is is Rogers is throwing a ton off his back foot, and mm-hmm. I thought yes. And, and and the guy can still throw the ball on the back foot, you know, right in people's gut. So I it, I can't compl- uh, complain too much. But there are times when he's got room and he's not stepping into his throws. And I just wonder if that's, you know, again, we talked about that before, where that's sort yeah. of the far deterioration factor the that seems to happen. Self-preservation, but, yeah, that goes on. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought maybe that it, it was a partially a factor for the interception because it wasn't wildly off the mark. It was just behind. But if he would have stepped into it and thrown it like you know that he, he can when he steps in that maybe he gets that in there quicker and the guy can't make that interception but I just feel like Rogers he's having the MVP like season there's no question his rating is 110 plus it's yeah. it's it's awesome but yeah. um he has got to play better for us to win these games I, I the interception beside but even like on the the fourth down play was just surprised that when things kind of melted down, he did not, he didn't scramble um, or the third down, you know, in overtime that he just sort of threw it up. And now I, I'm a hypocrite because I want him to get rid of the ball, right? I don't want him to play street ball. Um, I want him to throw on timing, but I thought those were, those were two kind of throwaways that he just didn't seem to want to mix it up or run around at all. And, uh, and then there was a third down play where he just kind of zinged it where MVS is running, you know, that 50 yards down the field and he's throwing a 10 yard out. And I <laughs> felt like that. It just sort of seems like he's uh, I wanted to throw on rhythm to the running backs, the tight ends and all that stuff is great. But on a third and goal on the end of the game, I, I, w- I want to see a, a better play than just sort of throwing it up for grabs in the back of the end zone. Yeah, that's that's the thing about having a guy like 17 is that you begin to think, well, you know, he's really good. He, you know, he'll 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 make a play on this. I'll just I'll throw it where only he has a chance of getting it instead of throwing. I don't know. How about to Big Bob Tunyon? Uh, they're on the right side of the end zone standing by himself. That well, see, I figured I didn't know that I could have I could have told you there's probably someone wide open, you know, for the touchdown. Yeah. It was Big Bob, but he he wanted you know to go to seventeen. I mean, this is this is the play where you 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 go to your guy, you go to your horses. This is where you have. Well, you know what? The Colts know that too, and they're probably thinking, "Hey, this is where they're going to go to seventeen. Right. And you know, and he he kind of locked on him instead of like you know taking a beat, just not you know to, not scanning the field, just kind of like, okay, they've got my guy in double. Is there anybody else? And it turned out 85 was all by his lonesome there. And that would have been the game, probably. Yeah. I mean, there was almost no time left. That would have done it. And instead, it threw out of the back of the end zone. And Mason Crosby sobers up, comes in, and, you know, hits the field goal. And then the rest is history. Yeah. So that, that's one of the dumb things that makes me frustrated. I, if, if they had a showed on TV, Tanyan's Tanyan. Uh, you know, standing by himself, it just would have been just another. But uh, so I'm not surprised to hear that, that, you know, it's it's third down. I mean, that was our best chance to win. Uh, it wasn't overtime, right? It was at the end of the game. I, I right, thought right. even yep. if we overtime, you know, to drive the field again, I just, you know, I I thought I get, winning the toss was maybe a second best chance to win. But I thought we got it. We're there. Uh, we've been given a kind of a gift with that bomb to MVS. You know, yep. we've got Indianapolis on their heels. It almost felt like 
I, why am I watching overtime again? <laughs> I mean, that was it. That was the chance we had. And as, I, as a coach, an offensive coach, I don't know if you could say, here's the play. It's just like the, I, I think of Hoosiers, although I think they did have the money guy shoot the ball at the end. Did they, didn't they have Jimmy shoot the last yeah. shot? But, you know, the coach's first instinct was they're all going to double Jimmy and let's go to somebody else. Um, I think that should have been the play is like we're going to we're going to pump fake it to to Adams and then we're going to have Mercedes or Tunyon or someone wide open on the other side. We think that would have been a great smart play to have. But nope, we let's force it to Devontae into double coverage. Well, okay, I want to know what you think about this. And this is one of the the charges I'm hearing leveled now. And Mike Clemens, um, who I don't have any real affinity for, um, it was proffering this uh, when he was being interviewed on the on the fan in Milwaukee. Um, fans are saying that they're not seeing a huge difference between the McCarthy offense and the Fleur offense. And Clemens gave that some currency by 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 saying, "Yeah, there's not a lot of difference." And I I really disagree with that. Now. His what he was saying is the reason for that is how often they empty the backfield and go you know five wides, um, and yeah they do do that. I mean just like they don't run a strictly you know wide zone or inside zones. I mean they do run some power. I mean they it is a blended offense. It isn't all just one rigid you know concept. Um, and so to say that because they run some of the plays that every team runs that you know, there isn't much of a difference between the, the two offenses. I don't think that's a fair criticism, but I, I'm kind of wondering what you think about that, Dave. Do you, do you think that, there's, that this offense is not appreciably different from the Mike McCarthy offense? I think it's really, really, really different in the first quarter and some of the second quarter. Like It seems they come out of games and they're throwing to tight ends and running backs. They're doing jet sweeps. They're doing all kinds of things. And then... As the game goes on, it kind of goes very vanilla to me. I was noticing at the end, I thought there's, I wonder if they're going to put motion on this play. You know, they've got guys lined up and, and every once in a while they'll have like MVS go in motion, but it's not the jet sweep variety. It's not a misdirection. It's, it's just, I think it's based on emotion to kind of signal whether they're zone or man to man kind of thing, but that's it. So it does feel like there's a tale of two offenses here and that they end up getting back to what they're either comfortable with or the McCarthy style, or maybe that's just Rogers style um, at, at the late end of the games. I mean, I'd love to see a stat of what you would call like LaFleur plays and track it of how many of those plays go out through the game. I mean, can you think of any jet sweeps or screen? I guess screens might be uh, not necessarily a, a non McCarthy play, but you know, sort of that misdirection stuff at the end, it's either like kind of handoff or it's, 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 passes to down the field, which, um, you know, like, and especially like on the, the three, the two, three and outs, which was just killers. Um, in the third quarter, you mean, right? In the third quarter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, it was like everyone, it's all vertical. It's all downfield. There was very little, uh, that I saw that was kind of short to intermediate kind of stuff. So I, I, I think that both is kind of true that, I think it's very different, and then I don't, I don't understand it. I don't know the playbook kind of reverts over to something else later on. Do you think you that's know, fair? It's, it's one of those things, though, where they always say, you know, a good coach is somebody that is flexible enough with their system to allow for the things that 
the players do well to happen. And if you're uh, the head coach and your best player, your two-time MVP, future Hall of Fame player, is better at or more comfortable with doing a certain thing, I mean, shouldn't you, you know, try to accommodate that at least to some extent? And I know that's what I've always heard, even when I was, you know, kind of doing my research to do some coaching that I did, uh, was that, you know, you want to have a system and a philosophy that you like, but you have to look and see what the talent is that you have to work with. And if, if you like to do something, but you don't have people that can do that, um, then you have to figure out what it is they do well and amend your plans to fit their talents. And I think that's actually true on the job, too. I mean, I, I don't know how you assess, you know, the people that work with but I know I take a look at my folks, and if, if somebody's not good at, you know, public presentations or public speaking or giving, you know, uh, some kind of PowerPoint from a large group, I'm not going to ask them to do that. Uh, I'm going to find somebody on the team that is good at doing that and not going to put people in positions where they can't succeed. And I, I kind of think maybe that's where Lafleur is. He would like maybe to run, you know, a pure version of his offense as he sees it in his head. But he sees that he's got a guy that is not well equipped necessarily to do the kinds of things he wants to do in the way he wants to do them. So he's probably modified his plan to fit the, the talent that he has to work with. That's my guess. Well I, well, I would push back on that just a little bit is uh, with like my folks, I don't ask them what they prefer to do and then just say, okay, then we'll just do it that way. I might ask that first, but then it's based on results. If someone, if my team wants to do it a certain way and it doesn't work, we don't do it that way anymore. And that's definitely a team we don't do right now. Well, I, um, I, I don't ask either. What I do is I assess well, and okay. If, if I know somebody, you know, doesn't write well, but they do something else better, I put them in a position where they can use the talent that they have, not insist that they use talents they don't have, because then they're going to fail, and when they fail, I fail. Well, it, I guess what I'm seeing and what I thought you were saying is, you know, Rogers feels more comfortable with the maybe more of a McCarthy-style offense. And uh, I would say, looking at that, one, um, it, it, I don't think that works as well. We, we get a lot of pressure on you from, uh, from the pass rush. We don't have the receivers to run five wide like you could in 2011. And look, look at the results from this year, from last year, you know, when Devontae didn't play and we did a lot of timing, a lot of running backs, a lot of tight ends. Uh, you know, that is successful. We're going to run that. And as the game goes on, we're... We're going to stick to that. Um, it's like when we're getting a lot of passes to uh, Aaron Jones and the tight ends, like we're getting a lot of first downs on second downs. But when we're sort of run, run pass to Devante, there's a lot of risk that, that we end up with a third and long. And then, you know, bad things happen. If it seems like Roger seems to focus and teams see this coming and, and we're just sort of, it's, it's not successful. So I, I think I would tell... Rogers is a two-time MVP and Hall of Famer in the future and all that stuff. But I would say, Aaron, you've got to recognize that our best offense that we play is a lot of timing and misdirection and not giving, you know, the defense a lot of, um, you know, not, kind of knowledge of what's coming next. But, man, when you focus on Devontae, they know what's coming. I mean, they you can't just say once we commit to, to doubling Devontae Adams that the, the offense stalls. That 
that just this is not a secret that anyone is going to not figure out. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I, I blame some of the, the play on, on Rogers, uh, is, but I don't blame him in that he doesn't, I wish he had like a Devante and a Devante 75% Devante. It seems like the drop off is Devante. Then you go down to maybe Lazard. That's a big drop. Like if we had one other guy, he trusted, uh, alongside of Aaron Jones and that, then, then maybe he wouldn't focus as much. It wouldn't be as easy. You know, I, I think this is one of those uh, things where it's a blessing and a curse to inherit, to inherit, to inherit um, players or personnel from a different regime um, be, or even experienced people. And the, the guy we used to work for in Madison, you know, he always liked to hire young people that I'm part of it, I think was because they were, they were cheaper. If, you know, you know that guy as well as I do, but <laughs> I think, I think part of it was because you didn't have to, you know, break them of bad habits. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if this is a case where you have a high performing, high salary guy uh, who knows how to play a certain way. And it's hard to break somebody of those bad habits. So, you know, there's a downside to hiring young, uh, because they don't have experience, but sometimes that experience is tough to overcome when you're trying to do something else in a different way. Um, and you know, I mean, that's that may be what Lafleur is facing. You know, with Rodgers, he's got incredible talent. Uh, even with the um, interception he had, he still had a almost 111 passer rating. I mean, he had by you know measurable standards, he had a very very good game. Right. But he's he has limits in. Um, the way he likes to play, the way he knows how to play, the way he's used his talents over the years. At this point in his professional career, which I think now would be 15, this is fifteenth or sixteenth season, uh, I, it's it's really tough then to say, yeah, I know you've done all of that for so long, but now we're going to ask you to do something else. And I think to some extent, to some extent, he's bought into that but not all the way. And I think it's because it's really tough to break habits that have been successful for you for a long time. I think that's true on, in the workplace. And I think it's, it's, it's true in professional sports. And I, this may be one of those deals where if Lafleur had his way, uh, I think that's why they're excited about getting uh, Jordan Love because hey, it's a blank slate. We can right. imprint on this, play the way we want to play it. That, that's why they were excited. Not that Rodgers isn't a great player, isn't a Hall of Famer, all this stuff that, you know, they're right now they're a better team with him. But I think the excitement for them is being able to do what they want to do in the way they want to do it and mold this, you know, lump of clay into the statue that they want. Rodgers has already been molded. He's already been bronzed. And so it's really tough to break out of that. You know, we probably should head to the break. There's, uh, but I'm curious if you were to put blame on someone for the game, We've kind of talked about Shepard, MVS, and Rogers. Uh, there's so much more to talk about in terms of the blame. But if if you had to rank them on the yep. offensive side, yep. What, what would you? And I guess Shepard is more of a of a special teams, which has we have some other special team problems to talk about. But in terms of MVS and say Rogers, and I don't know anyone else that kind of pops up on offense. Is there any blame that you would assign, or even Lafleur, like, for the third quarter absolute collapse? Yeah, I would. I I blame you. Um, I pretty much 
every like loss, <laughs> every loss I pin on you. And, and so you're the top of my list. You're always See, top. That's a hard question for you. You, you, you yeah. want to believe in the players, the coaches, the GM. You're, 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 you're predisposed to feel like they know what they're doing. Well, uh, I, it's, really hard, it's really hard to assess, quote, blame um, when they played, they played well. I mean, the four turnovers, not great, but they played well. You know, I mentioned 111 passer rating. You know, you, you, you had the running game, you know, was, wasn't really, you know, used a lot because I think that they schemed that they could pass more successfully against Indy than they could run. But, you know, they didn't play horribly. The line was impressive. When you get your center hurt, you shift around, you bring in a rookie, and really they weren't porous. I don't know that I would assess any blame it was a case where they got beat by a pretty damn good team at a good defense. And in fact, I don't know if I want to blame them because they scored 28 points in the first quarter, or for, I'm sorry, the first half against, uh, the, I, I believe they were number one ranked defense in the league coming into the game. Well, that's pretty damn good. And so I don't know if I want to assess a lot of blame. It wasn't like you could point to one guy or one thing and say, yep, right there's your problem. Because even the guys that made mistakes also did things that redeemed themselves. I mentioned that, you know, M- MVS, you know, had the 47-yard gain and was it a 50-yard or so pass interference thing that set up another touchdown. I mean, even the guys that did bad things, except for 82, um, they did things that redeemed themselves. You know, I hell, maybe it's J.K. Scott and his whatever the mystery was. Uh, yeah. You know, around his, uh, he's got a personal issue, and he had to fly. Yeah, it could be something plane. tragic. It it be well, easy to poke fun at it, but it's, it well, maybe it's something you know serious. Maybe but. well, for all we know, his father was in a car wreck, or his grandmother right. died of cancer, or some kind of you know situation like that. And he also apparently has a bad back, which I think is pretty important when you're you know trying to use the big levers and, and stuff like that. So I don't even want to con- condemn that guy, uh, considering that. I think he actually hurt his back probably when he got juked in the, in yeah, right, in yeah. the game before. So I don't find out of alignment. And then we, you will look on the defensive side, Dave. I, you know, blame. Um, well, let's get back know. to that I mean, after the, you know, the break. Yeah, Can we yeah, talk yeah. to defense. I just well, want to review for you well, the offense in the second half, just right, real quick okay. here. Oh, okay. So okay. on the first possession, uh, Jones left guard run for three yards, short pass to Jones for three yards. Uh, Rogers throws incomplete, says deep right to MVS. Uh, a complete throwaway on a third and four, which I thought that's not good. I mean, there was e- either a non-communication or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have a punt. Then uh, we get a short p- and then touchdown for Indianapolis. Uh, first and 10 at the Green Bay 22. Rogers pass short left to Sternberger. Then mm-hmm. uh, left end to Jones for six yards. So now we're at a third and one. Uh, incomplete short middle to Devontae. I don't remember exactly how. Yeah, I'm trying to think what happened there. Yeah, I, then there was I, I can't that one exactly. Penalty and uh, and then a punt. Then uh, they score a field goal. Then we fumble the kickoff. So then they get back field goal, and then the next series is where we we go off on downs. Um, we're on a fourth and one. Uh, can't complete the pass yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, we do kick a field goal, which uh, ends up tying the game and goes into overtime. Yep. But. If you do assign blame, maybe it's not a person. I certainly think the offense takes as much responsibility as the defense, and maybe more so. 
Well, this but is they, how but they scored 28 points in the first half, though. I mean, you know, know. And, and this was the first team to score over, over 30 points on Indy all season. You know, it's really tough to say, yeah, fucking offense, man. You guys screwed us over. Well, you know, they they put them in position, you know, in the first half. Now, you're going to blame the defense, though, when the defense was consistently bailing out the offense, was giving the ball up on turnovers or short punts, holding them to field goals. It's it's tough to really blame the defense either. You know, they it, it wasn't, uh, I mean, blame okay. somebody, Chris. Chris, it's no, not blameless. No, they lost. No. No. No, no, it's not everyone gets a star and gets to go home. You don't. You, this isn't. This it's isn't a effort. deal where you could point to anything. Yeah, but they. They. It wasn't like they. Um, uh, you could point to something that you know was was bad, and there was a lot of good. I mean, the defense really stepped up at the, if the first half in particular. They were swarming into the ball, and sure, the yeah. offense the offense did nothing in the second half to help them out. Um, but they did everything in the first half to help them out. So yeah. it, I think I heard people say it's one of these, you know, tale of, I think it was the coach, a tale of two halves. And that really is what it was. So you can't really or I can't even say that, oh, there was obviously a villain here that broke down the entire game. There's a lot to like on both sides of the ball. Probably the only thing I didn't like was special teams. And it's, and it's not just the pile on. Shepherd. I mean, they had they had punting problems. It didn't look to me like they had a plan uh, to return kicks either. I, I think that caught them by surprise that all these kicks were going to be returnable, and they they really didn't have any answer uh, for for that. Uh, but that's not offense, and that's not defense. I mean, that that that's a the whole other part of the game. Um, so I, I'm, I what am I going to blame special teams? I don't know. I mean, if I guess if I had to, no, maybe that's it because I think the key play of the game was the fumble by Shepard, and maybe that's why I'm, I'm ragging on the guy the way that I am, is because that particular deal. I mean, you got one job: you catch the damn ball and you don't give it back. Um, and I, that to me was inexcusable. Yeah, I mean that was it. Were, it was tied at that point, um, and then you get the ball right back on a fumble. Um, that was hard. That was hard. You know, it, it, it's it's it maybe hard to. I don't know what good blame does. It's it's just you know if it just reinforces the the fact that the Packers offense has to carry this team. I mean the defense may be up and down, and they're built with for a lead, which may sound dumb, but I mean they just I don't think they can commit to a team. And Indy sort of blew the game by not committing to the run. I think if they had run and run and run. Um, you know, they would, they might've won this game going away. Oh, yeah. Well, they but, showed in the second half when they came out and they, did they run like six consecutive times? It was crazy. Right. Yeah. And, and they, and they should never stop. I mean, I think San Francisco no. is the only one that said, we're really going to just never stop running until they can show they can yeah. stop it. But teams have a hard time doing that. Cause it's just, it's so hard not to pass the ball. Um, but, and Jonathan Taylor, I thought looked great in the second half. He sure did. Yeah. Uh, good for him. Well, should yeah. we take a break? Uh, well, you know, there's one guy I can't blame, though, Dave. No. And that's yeah. our, our, our boy, Chris. And I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. Um, but Chris, and you know who you are, Chris. He went to PayPal, my friend. And he doled off some cash to Chris and Dave. Now, I guess he, he actually goes here by uh, Christopher. Uh, and Christopher says, you guys are awesome. Been listening for years. Also enjoy pop culture very much and have found new shows because of it. Go Pack. 
Yes, you, sir, are not to blame. Thank you, Chris or Christopher. I don't know which. I'm a, I'm a Christopher, too, but I go by Chris. I, I don't know what, 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 what our guy here does. But thank you. He went to PayPal. Packers Therapy, Yahoo.com. Boom. PayPal. Yeah, he, I almost said what he did there. I guess I can't. That wouldn't be fair to say that he gave, um, you know, uh, three, $375. Is that wrong of me to say that he, that he gave $550? Is, is that a wrong thing to say? Well, it, 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 you're, you're yeah. saying it's on the low end. Yeah, you know, I'm sure he he'll do better next time. But well, yeah, yeah, probably but should, I, shouldn't say anything. Probably you no. shouldn't be, Chris. You shouldn't be ashamed. A, a gift of seven hundred fifty dollars is nothing to be ashamed about. It, even though we have a lot more generous people, that's not bad. We will definitely take your nine hundred dollars. So thank you so much for that. Uh, please. If you like the podcast, if you enjoy it, if you are like Chris and you found things on the pop culture, the fact that you listened that long, props, um, whatever it is, if you play the, the, the betting lines, you know, the prop bets that, that Dave spends, I don't know, five or ten minutes a week preparing, if you like that kind of stuff, um, yeah, chip us off a little bit. Go to PayPal, Packers Therapy at Yahoo.com. You can give Chris and Dave a couple of bucks because Lord knows we need it. Uh, right now, we need a break, though, and we are going to come back. We'll talk more probably about blaming the defense, I think, we're going to be talking about no question. Uh, yeah, coming back after this. So, everyone, uh, you can stop the podcast now. You can refill your glasses because that is what Chris and Dave are going to do right now on Packers Therapy. It's Chris and Dave uh, back from our break. Uh, we had a lively discussion about getting prepped for a colonoscopy, which happens for Dave. Next Monday. So we, we want to set this up. Packers, of course, will play Sunday night uh, against the hated bear of Chicago. Um, and then we, we typically don't do a podcast uh, the night of um, a game. The, the next day, the 30th, is, you know, early this season, Dave promised that he'd get a colonoscopy if the Packers won their first four games, and they did, and Dave, you know, booked his reservation. That's something we are providing at the Packers Therapy Hotel and Casino starting next year, <laughs> okay? So, yep. anyway, Dave is going to have... Actually, this- we're going to have mine on film. It'll be something you'll be able to, to stream in your hotel room. It'll be fantastic. So, like, on SpectraVision. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Right. It's for so- low cost. Low cost. <laughs> I think it's nine ninety five per viewing. Uh, so, anyway, um, Dave's having a colonoscopy on the 30th, so we have decided during a little break here when we, we talked about we are going to do the podcast the night of the 30th. So Dave will be coming down from the cocktail of uh, Versed is one of the drugs they give you. And I forget the other one that is um, um, the, the, uh, the, the relaxing. The, the Versed is kind of a, a memory block. Uh, the other one is you know, to kind of just relax you and there's no pain. And because how else are you going to take 60 centimeters up the wazoo? You know, I mean, they've got to be, be able to relax you. So they, they put a lot in you and you go away for a little while and then they check in there and they tell you how you're doing. But that night, we're going to find out if, if Dave's insights on the Green Bay Packers on the day of a colonoscopy, we're going to find out how sharp our man Dave is. So stay tuned for that next week on Packers Therapy. Yeah, it's like it's sweeps week. That's our that's it. That's our big hook. Is, I really uh, well let's hope it's not a big hook, Dave, because that could hurt your innards. <laughs> I mean, woo! Yeah. I also I was telling your joke. I was like, I'm getting sixty meters of uh, no, centimeters. Centimeters. Not 60 yeah. meters. Now, I was thinking course, now maybe that in you your said case that, it's sixty meters. Okay, yeah. Sixty <laughs> meters would, would would probably hurt. 
<laughs> I mean, I don't know where that that's going to come out. You know, wow. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be able to do multiple patients with that. Just, uh... I was going to say. <laughs> well, they could do the endoscopy and the colonoscopy at the same time. So, that's right. Yeah, every so, nook and cranny oh. of, of, of the of the entire team in in the in the in the room. Anyway, so um, yeah, back to the Packers game. Pa the Packers lose thirty four. 31 at Indy, and uh, we're blaming people. Uh, we did the offense before the break. Defense. Who are you blaming on defense, Dave? Well, I think it's pretty popular to blame uh, Mike Pettin. Yeah. Uh, He's and, a whipping child, isn't he? Yeah. Yes, he is. And it doesn't help showing his uh, face on the sidelines with the mask because you, it, when you just see the eyes, it just it looks like, you know, what's going on uh, kind of look on his face. And you know, I, I wish I could see the scowl. That would make me feel a little bit more confident. But what I don't feel confident about is constantly seeing my Twitter feed filled with oh. third and 19s and a defense playing 25 yards back, mm -hmm. uh, allowing the receiver to catch the ball in front of them and tackling them at the, at the first down marker. Um, I don't understand it, Chris. I don't understand this cushion that they're constantly given. And I really don't understand it. We're up 14 points. You're coming out of the half. This idea of the bend don't break, it should be release the hounds, I would think. And and say they score, which they ended up scoring, I guess, a field goal anyway. And I took a lot of time off the clock. And I remember thinking at the time, like, well, up by 14, it kicked a field goal. It took them, what, uh, seven, lower seven minutes. I thought that's not a bad trade. But this bend don't break, you're, you're conceding that you're going to let them move down to the 10? Is that is that the philosophy, or I suppose you're you're thinking, eventually you'll get a third down. Someone may drop it, and and then there you go. But man, I I would think we're going to trust the offense as best we can, given the limitations that we talked about. But we're going to trust the offense, and we're just going to go for it on defense, and know we're going to give up some scores, but we might get some turnovers, we might get some sacks, uh, and on top of the fact that we're not being aggressive going after the quarterback, which toward the end of the game you had. Not only a Philip Rivers that couldn't move, but then he got hurt, so he couldn't even move even less. Why wouldn't you put him under duress? It, it's just a complete mystery to me. Um, well, they did get some shots on him. Yeah, Kenny. Kenny. Uh, uh, yeah, good old Kenny. Uh, he did uh, get a shot on, him, but only you know after the throw. There was what was there one sack? He was sacked uh, one time. And there was the the pressure at the end, the the one that uh, resulted in the divorce that you and Pastor Kevin are getting uh, on whether or not that was a pass or that Fair. was a fumble. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Uh, what? By the way, what did you think? Was that a, a incomplete oh, pass that was or a fumble? That was a that was incomplete pass. I there was his 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 arm was going forward. Um, yeah, that I think was the the right call. I think so too. I if they would have called that a fumble, then I, I guess you open the door to almost every. Th hit that you know the ball comes out it's just you're just calling it a fumble because his fingers are on the ball he was moving it forward I, I don't even know why that was in question but it seemed like uh some fans seem to really want that to be uh a fumble which would have been a touchdown but what do you think about so the the thing i got uh with pastor kevin was i tweeted that i thought it's this is better that this is an incomplete pass let them kick the field goal we get the ball with a minute 30 we have a better chance of winning the game that way than having us score a touchdown giving indy the ball with a minute 30 and hoping our defense stops them. Do you think there's any validity or is that the dumbest thing you've ever heard? Well, I hate to say this, Dave, uh, cause it pains me greatly to say that I agree with you, but I do. 
uh, I, I think that's exactly uh, right. The Packers were better off having the chance to get the ball back with one timeout and a minute and a half or thereabouts. And as it turned out, that's just the way it worked out. And if, if Rodgers looks to his right and finds 85, they probably win the game. And with like with what, uh, three seconds or six seconds left on the clock, right. um, that worked out a lot better than, um, you know, Packers getting the ball, touchdown, and then the defense having to come back out on the field and stop the Colts again. Defense was on the field so yeah. much in the second half. Really uh, was. I think it was 11 minutes um, on offense in the third quarter. The offense only had like six you know, plays from scrimmage the entire third quarter. And they were, I, th- I think the defense was gassed by the fourth quarter. And if they had had a minute and a half um, you know, to, to come back on the Packers, I think they would have, and they probably would have won it at the very end. So I think it went about as well as it could have, and they came damn close. You know, if, if, if Rodgers isn't trying to force it to 17, I think the Packers probably win. Yeah. And the only thing I argue against myself is that it, with the minute left, you know that Indy is going to pass, and that's the way our defense is built, that you, you allow the Smith brothers and Gary to just, you know, cut the edges off, which on a first and 10 – you shouldn't like, you know, disrespect the edge of the defense as much as certainly Preston Smith, but both Sedarius and Preston just seem to have a beeline to the quarterback and don't respect at all the corners. And just teams are running around that edge over and over and over. But in, in a, at the end of the game where, you know, they're going to be passing, maybe that puts us a little bit more into our, our strength and they have to, to go down the field. But uh, but as it played out, it was, it was, it was a great chance for us to win. We had the ball right where we wanted it and, uh, just didn't execute. Mike Patton likes to play nickel and dime. That's kind of his thing. Soft, and, soft, soft. Well, I, I'm, my theory on, on Patton is that, um, he had, um, maybe a little bit like Mike McCarthy, you know, a state of the art scheme, uh, for 10 years ago. Well, uh, and, now I think the league is kind of shifting around a bit, uh, where there you know more and more teams uh, are running and they're using this motion. And running backs are not just runners; they're weapons in the passing game. Right. And all and it seems to me offenses are a bit more multiple now than they used to be. They're more like what the Packers have been at times this season, where there's so much misdirection and they do run the ball and they do these jet sweeps and these, in these orbit motions and all this different stuff. I think what Petten's running on defense is, you know, kind of what worked, um, you know, when the Packers made their last Super Bowl run in 2010, where you can play nickel and dime as your base defense, nickel as your base defense, because teams weren't going to run that much. Uh, it was it was mainly going to be passing, and it was mainly going to be passing um, without all the motions. And I'm I'm thinking that he's getting a bit whipsawed uh, that he has a philosophy that worked and worked well. And if you look at the guy's track record, it worked real well. Maybe in the same way that you know Dom Capers had a scheme that worked really well for a long time, but you know the game has kind of changed, and the schemes that you did successfully for so long. Just don't work as well. Uh, I don't think he's, you know, incompetent or anything like that. Like a lot of fans are, you know, they want him fired, they want him gone, and all that. I just, I just think that it's not a state-of-the-art defense at this point. Do you think the fans would give him more of a break if he was more aggressive, 
blitz more often and we got burned. And you think we'd be saying like, stop blitzing. It's not, you know, I, I, I feel like we probably have like in a lot of years, we have blitzers who get to the quarterback and fall off the quarterback. So that way you wouldn't blame the coordinator for that. But I wonder if we would, if we lost anyway, but we would give him a little bit more slack, but we just, the, the idea that you play soft and Aaron Nagler asked a question. I don't know if you saw the question they asked uh, LaFleur today. Did you see this? No. He look, uh, Nagler asked him a question. I've never seen this before. He said, listen, coach, he said, I don't know my, anything about anything. He said, but how can you continually play defense where on a third and long, you play such soft coverage that you allow them to complete the pass underneath and then run to the first down marker? You know, why aren't you being more aggressive? You know how I think he even said, like, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over <laughs> again and yeah. think you'll get a different result. I mean, he said that to LaFleur's face. And, uh, man, if I was the coach, uh, either I disagree with it or I agree with it, but I don't want to be told that from a reporter. I, I'd, I'd be pretty upset. But um, at least someone is calling so, him to task to say, this is ridiculous. There is a couple plays. It is third and long, and we're taking the opportunity to back everyone up and either one, you know, try to stop him at 15 yards. Well, guess what? Everyone's going for it on fourth down now. I mean, it goes to the idea exactly. that the defense That's is exactly, passing you by. Exactly. I was going to go to that exact point. It's third and 19, and the philosophy for a long time was, yeah, we'll, we'll give you 15 yards. It's going to be fourth and four, and you're going to punt. Well, that's that was true 10 years ago. I mean, pretty much everybody did that until the analytics came around and said, you know, you're better off going forward in a lot of situations, fourth and four, and you're on your own, you know, 45 or the other guy's 45, you're mid, you're midfieldish. You're better off going for it there. And yes. teams do that now. So Packers though, you know, will play soft and on third and 19, they'll give up the 15 yards and whoops, they're going for on fourth and four. And that's makeable. I mean, especially with, with all the, they did and all the way the rules are now, with all yeah. the, they allow all these picks and stuff to go on, and it's so slanted toward the offense that it's really easy to do one of those drag plays, you know, where the guy gets it underneath and he's able to, you know, catch a three-yard pass and run for six yards, and it's a, it's a first down, and that's where the uh, the adaptation I think hasn't hasn't happened because it used to be schematically sound to play soft and you know allow them to come up. Short of the first, if, if it's third and eight and you allowed them six, they're not going to go for it on fourth and two in 2010, but in 2020, they probably are. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens at the end of the year. If Petten is fired, then we'll know that we were probably right before was frustrated that, you know, this is not just dumb fans wishing for something different. Um, uh, but if, you know, he sticks it out for another year, then, then I don't know if the floor then is maybe somewhere is in cahoots together with uh, Patton and playing a really soft defense. But I thought it was either um, Aikman or Joe Buck said something uh, to the effect that uh, Nick Saban said that we're at a point now where a really good defense can't stop a really good offense. And I thought that's, that's right. I think if you have a really good offense, it doesn't matter if you have all world players, I, you know, you're just at such a disadvantage with how complicated these offenses are. So I think the, the solution to that is, look, we, we can't stop you all the time, but we're putting your quarterback on its back. <laughs> like We're coming after you, and we're just hoping you make a mistake that can turn the ball over or get a sack or put you in a, a hold or, or something because we just can't 
play straight up and hope that we stop you like we could in the past. And, you know, it's not just the Packers I thought uh, lost on this. I thought Indianapolis sort of failed at this, too. They constantly only rushed four, gave Rodgers time. And I thought there was a time when the Packers are in that typical reeling situation where Rodgers has got that glassy eye. We don't seem to have anything right. Like, that's the time Tampa was blitzing, and it, and it really causes problems. San Francisco would do it. Like, you, they would smell blood in the water and go. I thought Indy played, and maybe because the AFC team don't know the Packers as well, but they sort of played it off and gave us a chance to sort of make that drive at the end and uh, kick a field goal and almost lose the game. But I I think both defenses should just, you're going to give up plays, that's just going to happen, but just force the issue. Like, be an aggressor. And I think the Packers, when I look at their defense, I mean, they don't have all-pro players, they don't have experienced players, but they have... They have a fair amount of athletes. I feel like, you know, if you put Savage and you had him every once in a while come up as a safety blitz, he's super fast. Like, he's been really successful at that. I don't think they ran anything like that once against Indianapolis. They they did uh, do one corner blitz. They had Jair Alexander blitz off the corner once. Okay. I guess I completely – now, I understand Rivers is kind of a crafty old veteran. He's – He gets rid of the ball quick. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, he can shot put it faster than – Anyone can shop with a football in the history of the league. But and so maybe it's like, look, you, you can't blitz him, but I, I do it anyway. I, I make him throw, make him uncomfortable and maybe get a pick. But uh, they just played not only not doing that, but it was the the constant cushion that they're giving these receivers. And aren't our corners press corners? I don't understand it. Uh, well, this week they did have both of their starting corners in. Uh, so there was no reason not to, you know, do it this week. But I want to mention something that's worth mentioning, uh, you know, for, for what it's worth. Um, the Packers rank 12th. Packer defense ranks 12th um, in yards per game given up. They rank 17th in points per game. Now, 12th and 17th aren't great, but, you know, that's, well, you know, top, you know, top half, top uh, 40%, you know, of certainly when it comes to yards. I mean, it isn't a, it isn't an, you know, abysmal disaster like the Seahawks. I mean, the, the Seahawks are, Seahawks are giving up 435 yards a game. Now hmm. by comparison, you know, the Packers look downright good at, at 344 yards. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we are seven and three. I, I, there, there's yeah, something I mean, that is and, working as much as we're frustrated, but it's, so you were saying though, you know, are they going to fire pet and, and they might, um, because it wasn't his guy, you remember he was kind of encouraged to keep Patton, right? Um, and I and I don't think he's a bad coach. And the and those you know scoring and yards stats aren't terrible. You would think as good as the Packer offense is, you would think that you know twelfth in yards, seventeenth in points, you know what would would be good enough. And they are seven and three, so maybe it is good enough. Uh, but when you maybe the deal is I don't think I watch enough of the rest of the league. You know I. I uh, watch red zone, you know, when the Packers are playing late or the next day. Uh, but otherwise, I, I watch mainly the Packers. And what I see is the same thing that you see, you know, playing off and, you know, allowing uh, sizable gains on third down that make it possible for teams to go for it on fourth down and make it. I mean, it's it's fourth and makeable. It, it may be fourth and four, but that's but that's makeable. Uh, what you really need to, to do is treat a, a third and 12 you can't treat it like, well, you know, we've got 10 yards so we can give up. No, I, I think you've got to treat that, you know, we can we maybe give them five yards and that's it. 
And that means playing a lot tighter than you might have in a different day when teams routinely punted on fourth and two. Well, I long for the day that we have a defensive coordinator that there's always someone coming. You don't know where they're coming from, but we're just we're 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 going after the quarterback. We're we're not playing dime and putting everyone in. But maybe if I saw that, I'd complain about that too. I, so. Well, I, I think what I want to see on the defense is what I saw uh, the Badger defense doing on Saturday. This is a team that swarms to the ball. Uh, and the Packers were doing that a little bit in the first half. Where there was it one like, play in particular, right? Yeah, I, I was, was watching play, my daughter, yeah. and I thought, wow, they really went after that, that runner. That, that, I've not seen that that often. And she thought, isn't that happen all the time? I'm like, no, 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 no that doesn't happen all the time. You know, they rely so much. Uh, you know, somebody gets there, and it's like, well, okay, it's that guy's job. I'll just stand here. But when you see good defenses – it's, you know, they're, they're bringing three guys or four guys and everyone's just kind of there and the pursuit is relentless. And I, I think, uh, yeah, I'm all, I'm, I'm all for pass rush. I like to see the other guy's quarterback get hit. I like to see him under duress and making stupid passes. I mean, I love that kind of thing. Yeah. But what I really want to see is a relentless, um, you know, a, a indefagable, you know, uh, defense that, you know, just will not quit and that the motor is high, and they're always pursuing. There's a number of guys always going after the ball carrier or the quarterback. They get, <clears throat> they get knocked down, but they get up again, you know, and they keep on, and they keep on going. And that's, that's I think, makes a huge difference, that relentlessness, that desire. I think a lot of defense is just that, is the, is the want to, and the willing to pursue all the way. Um, it seems too often that a lot of the Packers defense that I see is, you know, they, I, I did my assignment. Now it's, uh, it's up to 55. He was in the backfield. He's got to make the play. Well, it's everybody's assignment to get that right. guy. And not just because I filled my gap, my, my, my job is done. So that, that's what I really want to see. And I don't know if that's attitude or if it's attitude of the players or, I don't know if you necessarily coach that, that we're going to, you know, play to the whistle all the time. Uh, that is what I'm hoping to see from a defense. I don't, I'm not particularly concerned about who coaches it. It could be Mike Fenton, but as long as there's more of that swarming defense, that's what I like to see. Well, that would help. You know, I, it, as I recall, I don't recall many, many stunts, you know, even if you're only rushing four that you're doing anything creative, it's kind of a, they move Zadarius around a little bit, but other than that, it's, it's, we got our four and go get them. And when they're not getting that pressure, I, I think that's where you're getting Zadarius and Preston Smith and some of these guys jumping offside because they, they just time after time after time, they're not getting there. Um, you know, maybe if they had some blitzes dialed up, they would know that the system works more than I got to beat my guy. You know, I got to get a jump. I got to, cause uh, we had a couple of offsides there. Um, I was, was there, there was two on Preston Smith for sure. Did they get Zadarius? Zadarius, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or at least maybe lying up in the neutral zone. Kind of that's, similar what thing. that's what it I was. I did see, I didn't know this was for sure, but I guess when we had one of those false starts that there was a 12 men on the field for defense, and the thought yeah. was they did that intentionally to... What, really? Yeah, they were saying that at a first and five, you're going to lose more time on the clock because you can run a couple of plays, probably get a first down and restart the first down marker now with less time on the clock where it'd be better just give them the first down at first and 10, five down, yards down the field, and then try to stop them at that point. Um, 
that's 3D chess for me that I did not see. Yeah, I, I never. Sound, makes sense to me. Yeah, it it does, but I I I didn't think of that. But that's that's pretty damn clever. I also just like the idea of, of playing with twelve men because that gives you an advantage. Well, I don't understand why they don't try that because um, it would be an advantage. They're only playing with eleven. Exactly. I think, uh, yeah, that would be the first thing I'd institute if I was defensive coordinator. Is, and, is uh, the twelfth man? Yeah, that's a good yeah. idea. And as a GM, I would just pick first. I wouldn't wait for my turn. I would just send my card in right away. <laughs> so do, do you think Preston Smith is going to be with them next year? I don't want him with them now. <laughs> he just seems <laughs> like he is not interested and either out of shape. Uh, I, I don't know what his deal is, but he, 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 both the Smiths seem to have this problem is that they sort of seem to have one job, and that is, get to the quarterback on a straight line as quickly as possible. And if there's a pitch to the outside, well, yeah, that is someone else's role. I also don't think he can cover tight ends in coverage. And uh, well, he wasn't far off his guy, but I think the... the, the on, the, on the touchdown. Yeah, I think when, when people see Preston starting to cover, uh, you can pretty much expect the balls coming your way. Preston, yeah. Uh, yeah. from uh, what he was did last year, I thought he was... It was fine. I don't know what happened between last year and this year. He just looks like a complete dud out there. You know, he, he does not look like the same player. And maybe it's because, you know, teams have kind of snuffed out his, sniffed out, snuffed out his, his act. And maybe that's why he's less effective. Maybe it is an issue with, you know, maybe being in shape a year older. I, I'm not exactly sure, but the way 52 is playing, he's showing enough promise that it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, especially in a year, you know, where the cap is going to be reduced with uh, twenty million dollars less, I think, uh, next year, and they're probably going to have to shed some contracts, and that's why I think that uh, Preston Smith might be a dead man walking. Well, you think getting rid of a high-played player that's underperforming uh, is is a good idea? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably. I, I think they'll keep Zadarius, and I think they're going to give uh, Gary. Uh, you know, a chance to be the starter. I think that's the way that's going to play out. Probably. And I, I still am a little bit mixed on Gary. He seems like a kind of a real try hard guy, but he does he yeah. seem to have a lot of, uh, um, I'm not, I mean, he's getting close. Like he's, he's putting pressure on. He's, he's not getting home, but he's putting pressure on. Yeah. He's not dancing with his guideline scrimmage. I'll, I'll give him that, but he's, I mean, what do you have? He had three tackles, two solo, um, one pass defended, mm-hmm. um, and I guess he got a quarterback hit. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's a decent line for Gary. Uh, you know, he's a first round pick, and he's but. and he's not a starter, so he's not on the field all the time. Uh, I like the guys. I like the guy's motor. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of moves, pass rushing moves, but dude is strong. I mean, he he walks he walks those right tackles back into the backfield, yeah. um, and he's he he pursues. He plays really hard. I th- I think there's something there. And I think there's enough there that when they got to make some cap decisions, I, you know, I, I think Preston Smith is going to be one of the guys that you know they let go. Now, if the cap was going to be, you know, up where they expected it to be when they signed him, they probably would keep him. Uh, but I don't think with the way the cap is going to go next year, I think he's going to be a casualty. Uh, he's got to play better, I think, to keep him. And I, th- I think you can write this down now. In fact, why don't you just, you know, if you were. Uh, a reporter, we could just write the article now about how Preston Smith's been playing with an injury all year and what a true. <laughs> you know, it's he's not underperformed; he's just been hurt. Uh, I think we can pretty much just assume that that's going to be 
uh, the case here. Um, but that's your defense, Chris. Lots to blame to go around. I I don't know here. I mean, Preston Smith was was awful. Uh, you know, the corners. I think King plays really soft uh, at times. And I guess is he hurt again now? Well, um, I no, he, he he well he must be, but he um what had the the quad injury got better from that then he was on the injury report with a Achilles injury but he played um yeah i mean it's it i think he's one of those guys that has enormous talent and he's 64 and can run like the wind and it's really tough to coach that when he plays i think the guy is really solid i think he's a really good corner the problem is he he plays half the time can you really afford to pay that kind of guy you know, the kind of money it's going to take to keep him if you can't depend on him being available. And it would be a shame to lose him because there's not a lot of big corners that can run like that. But I don't know that they, in, in, a, in a cap uh, tight year like they're going to have, I'm not sure that he's a luxury that they can afford to resign. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he had seven tackles, five solo. I assume he's in the emergency room right now. That's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a tall order to ask well, him to fill there. I am I am not going to dispute that because he does seem to always be hurt. And it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him on the injury report uh, when it uh, comes out on Wednesday. Yeah. Well, I think we uh, are ready for betting lines. Are you ready for well, betting lines? I've got one more thing. Oh. And, yeah, and it's on the officiating. And now, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I enjoy a good laugh as much as anybody. But it was ridiculous. <laughs> what they were doing with all of the holding penalties. And all I could think of was that I have a, a guy that I work with um, is a division one uh, referee. And if in the, he's in the Mac conference, um, he works here, but on the weekends he goes and, you know, refs games, in the Mac conference. And he tells me a lot about, you know, how these guys work. I mean, there is a lot of preparation. They get, you know, uh, game film of the teams. So they know the players, they know the, the tendencies of the team that they're, you know, could be coaching. I mean, they are not coaching, but refereeing, it's like they're coaches, you know, they, they break down teams and, and also the grading is, I mean, is brutal. I mean, they are really, really tough. So anyway, um, my thinking is the NFL is probably the same way and maybe even more so they must've seen something in the film on Indy that we're going to watch these guys because they are handsy. They are more handsy than a sophomore at the dance. You know, <laughs> these are these are guys that you know are are going to look at every advantage. They're going to be in there. You know, trying trying to get away with it. And I think they made it a point of emphasis because I don't know how many there were. There were five, I think, late in the game. One after, and it was two on one play, yeah. which made me wonder why. Why did they accept the one? on 56, but not on number 75, I couldn't figure out, did they not like, you know, 56 and they thought 75 was a good Christian man and therefore he shouldn't get the penalty, but 56, yeah, I didn't, I don't know how that worked. That's a tough, yeah, I'm sure that's yeah, a real str but, struggle. But, but my deal is, I mean, at some point it gets absurd and you made your point. You can call holding on every play and it went mainly against the other team. But I thought that was, that was just dumb where, all of a sudden, they were going to make this a cause celeb, and it was going to be the it was going to be the hill they're going to die on. And there were so many penalties in that game, 
And then I saw who the referee was, and it was Hockley's son. It was Ed Hockley's son was the referee. And then it made perfect sense. Of <laughs> course, these people were going to do that because it's a Hockley that is the head guy, the official, the head referee out there. And I just thought it was gratuitous. It ruined the flow of the game. It worked to the Packers' favor, so maybe I wasn't yeah. too disappointed. But I just I, I don't like that. Um, when they get ticky tacky on stuff, there were ticky tacky things on the Packers too. This, and I think that's something that except the for the Hockey face mask, they apparently let no one I, ever complained about a face mask on Aaron Jones. So that was a ridiculous. I, I was absolutely <laughs> shocked when a guy's head snaps around that way. Ugh. I thought, wow, right I mean, in the clear too. I mean, it was like it was, yeah, it was so and, obvious right in front. It was like no bodies around. You could have seen that. As clear as day, unless they thought he was faking? I I don't don't understand. You're calling every holding play that is even close to being remotely possible. But here's, you know, Aaron Jones getting, you know, whiplash. And it's like, nope, okay, that's fine. We're we're, going to let you play on here. That, That made absolutely no sense at all. And maybe I'm just a little bit salty because... I thought the Badgers got jobbed in the refereeing uh, on the, uh, the night before. Uh, and so maybe I was a little sensitive, you know, to the officiating uh, that was being done on Sunday. I, I, I thought that there were too many flags and too many calls, even though they helped the Packers, there were too many calls that really weren't merited. And it seemed like they were stretching, that they really were getting paid for every flag they threw. Yeah. Uh, and maybe the football gods... That's why MBS dropped it is because had you not called all those holds, I mean, every, they were gashing <laughs> us at the end of that game, and it was only the holds that got us the ball back. Yeah, um, exactly. So I guess from that point of view, there's many ways that we played uh, this game to, to, in order to lose. And, uh, but I think there was a way we could have won it, and I think that's what's such a shame. Well, I think you're right. I think we've, I think we've exhausted the game, and I think we should exhaust the betting lines now. All right. Let's try and go through these pretty quick. Uh, we have a winner this week that got nine correct, and uh, and someone then emailed. Uh, is that hundred uh, percent? No, it's not hundred uh, percent. Got one one incorrect. Uh, who would who would be the first in, uh, Green Bay player to be injured? But we'll get to that. Um, so let's go through them. Uh, number one, uh, Aaron Rodgers' passer rating. You set the line at ninety eight. He was one hundred ten point eight. So the over had that one. Uh, number two, Indianapolis total passing yards. You set the line at 285, and they had 280. Pretty good line not, there, Chris. Not, not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, number three, uh, MVS receiving yards. You set the line at 52. He had 55. Hey. Uh, not bad. Uh, Indianapolis average yards per carry. You set the line at four and a half. It was 3.8. Ooh. Right, that That's surprising. Uh, Given that in in my mind, it, you know, it was Jonathan Taylor running wild, and so that's yeah. so that's that's a lot lower than I would have imagined. The uh, number five number of tackles by Rashawn Gary, you set the line at three and a half. It was three. You were you're doing pretty good on these lines here, Chris. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six, who will get a rushing touchdown at first? Will it happen? And and uh, uh, who will it be? And uh, everyone said yes, and that was uh, correct. Who who ran for the touchdown? I guess. Do we have a – oh. Is that Williams? I, uh, Aaron Jones rushed for a touchdown. Aaron, that's Aaron, right. He, he bowled someone over. That's right. That was uh, – so Aaron Jones got it. Uh, oh, that's six and a half right there. Uh, Aaron Jones is the one who got the touchdown. Uh, number seven, who would be the first Packer to be injured? 
Uh, Mike said, I think this is correct. That is Corey Lindsley, which we yep. talked about. He the first um, Jeff Tum got that correct, by the way. Wow. Uh, only Nicely one done. in a bunch. Very, wow. very good. Uh, seven and a half, will they run a trick play? Answer was no. Seven, three, fours, will we see Peyton Manning? The answer was no on that one, which I was surprised. Yeah, I was very surprised, yeah. Tiebreaker, which we didn't need, was uh, Aaron Jones rushing yards. You said 78. I said 67. He had 41. Rich wow. Holm had nine correct. Only wow. thing he missed was Gary wasn't the first one uh, injured. So really good nicely, week by Rich Holm. Nicely done, my friend. That's excellent. I was uh, only had four correct. And uh, what was really nice is Cheryl Stone decided to send an email out saying, no one had a worse uh, day other than, uh, let's see, Richard Durain and I are the only ones that had four rights. So uh, <laughs> I don't think I guess did worse than I did. Maybe he was better on the uh, tiebreaker. But I may have come in dead last this weekend, continuing my really bad betting line year this year. Uh, <laughs> so uh, maybe Mike could pull that together. Maybe I'm not as bad as I think. But man, oh, yes. like you're a, every bit as bad as you think. A real drought lately. All right, so are you ready for the betting lines for Green Bay versus Chicago Sunday night this Sunday? Are you ready? Well, I suppose. Yeah. Well, you're going to do it anyway. Okay, okay. so number one, <laughs> how many plays will it be before MVS touches the football, either a pass or a handoff? Uh, I mean, on offense, not including defensively. I mean, when, uh, the Packers are on offense because I'm assuming – they're we're not, make we're not counting like if if they cut Shepard this week and they put MVS back there, they're not gonna we're not gonna count that. On a, a correct that, yes, that and not a kickoff return. Okay. It's uh, so from from, from, from scrimmage. scrimmage from right. from scrimmage. Uh, let me see. I don't I don't think he's diminished um, in the eyes of the coaching staff. I don't know if you read uh, the comments that Lafleur made after the game. I mean, he was expansive in his defense and praise really. I love this guy. Yeah. Yes. And actually Rogers was too. He's saying, yeah, I, I, I fumble a lot too in my career. You know, it's like, Oh, 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 all right then. You know? So I think he's going to be a part of their game plan. Um, he'll, he'll be probably their number three, I guess. He's going to see a lot of time. The point is to be on the field a lot. Um, so, um, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they tried to get him involved early because of what's, Happened? Yeah. Exactly. That's my thought, that they're going to make a point. Uh, okay. I'm going to say, um, I'm going to put the line at three and a half. Oh, three and a half plays? Wow. Uh, you know, I, I do. I think it'll be in the first five plays, but three and a half is really low. I guess I'll take the over just because that's such a, a low number. But I, I would not be surprised if the very first play is a screen yep. to MVS or... Yep. Uh, or one of those drag, uh, those drag route things where they, you know, they they cut across the crossing pattern across the middle of the field, and yep. it's a four-yard pass, and the idea is to let them run with it. Jet screen, they could give them a, a handoff, you know, something yeah. to give them the ball. Right. And actually, get, I don't think that's a bad. It is confidence. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, number two, uh, total yards for Aaron Jones. I feel like this is going to be a game that Aaron Jones is going to go off a little bit on the Bears. What do you think well, total gets, yards? It's 71 this past game. Um, and you know, I mean, four receptions, uh, 10 runs, I think they're going to run a lot more, uh, this week against the bears than they did. I, I really think their, their game plan, you can see from early on was that they, they thought that they could beat Indy with passing. And, you know, for the most part, they were right about that. I agree. Uh, Yeah. So, but I think they're going to run more, uh, this week and I still think he'll be a part of the, of the, um, 
of the uh, passing game. So you want total yards, not just rush yards, correct? Correct. Okay, uh, 71 this week. Um, I'm going to put that at, let's put it at 95. Ooh. Uh, I'll take the under on that one. Okay. Uh, number three, total touchdown passes for Aaron Rodgers. Mm. He's, he's had some games against the Bears where he's thrown four or five more, maybe. Uh, wasn't he throw yeah. five and a half one time? Yeah, but now it's um, the weather here is changing and they're playing at night. Correct? Mm, that's true. Yeah. Yep. And uh, it's supposed to snow here tomorrow. So we're definitely heading into this is Thanksgiving weekend for those who aren't in the U.S. Um, that's usually around here. That's the traditional start of winter is kind of Thanksgiving. Um, so it might be tough. I haven't seen the advanced forecast. Uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm, I'll, I'll put it at. Uh, he's been throwing a lot of touchdown passes this year. I'll put it at two and a half. Two and a half. All right, I'll take the over. Um, number four. If I take the total of Preston and Zedarius Smith's tackles and subtract the number of times they're offsides, mm. what kind of number am I going to get there? Okay. Now, um, uh, does that is it just offsides or any or any kind of penalty? No, it's just offsides. All right. And do you count neut- the neutral zone infraction? Yes, that is- I would okay. count that. Yes, okay. correct. Okay. So this so there were three this week total, and how many? Tackles did they have, or, or is it Let's sacks? For the one? We, I was saying tackles. So tackles. Darius had six and Press had four. So you had 10 so minus three 10, would be your seven, seven. if three yeah, is the right number. But yep. Yeah, you know, um, I think they're going to be more careful because it was kind of embarrassing, I think, for those guys uh, to get caught the way they were. Um, but they're aggressive. So I, I can see each having one. Um, I'm surprised the six tackles for Zedarius. He, he doesn't, doesn't get that many. Uh, usually just a quarterback guy. Okay, so I'm going to set the line then at um, six and a half. Six and a half. All right, I'm going to take the under. I wonder if Preston's going to get some less playing time. Um, number five, uh, I guess this may be too close. Uh, but I'll, this is what I wrote down, so I'll stay with it. How many sacks, how many times will Green Bay sack? I'm assuming it's Nick Foles. Uh, Foles is, is hurt. I think they're, they're, try, they're, they're trying to get... Um, uh, the the other guy, the high, yeah, I, I think they're trying to get him. He's got a shoulder injury, and uh, the word out of Hallis Hall, which is ridiculous, uh, is that he's you know he's he's been able to throw. I wonder if they haven't shot him with a you know either tranquilizer gun like you would any beast, or maybe with cortisone. I'm not sure which they've used, uh, but it sounds like Trubisky's the guy that's getting ready to play, and it's a hip injury. I love this. Hip and glute uh, is the issue for uh, Foles. Okay. So it sounds to me like it's going to be Trubisky. Um, so um, hmm. so was, it, was it the number of sacks? Sacks, right. <sighs> Mitch is a lot more mobile. And I think I'm going to put that at two and a half. Two and a half. I'm going to take the under there. Uh, number six, if I take Aaron Rodgers' quarterback rating, a lot of math this week. Okay. Aaron Rodgers' quarterback rating is to attract whoever plays quarterback for the Bears' quarterback rating. Mm. Uh, what will that difference be? Oh, that's a good one. Well, I, I think Aaron, you know, he plays well at Lambeau. Bears, Bears got a good defense. Um, wouldn't surprise me to see him put up something kind of like what he did 
this week. So let me think, Aaron, maybe in the low hundreds, and then um, whoever quarterbacks for the Bears, maybe an 85-ish. So I'll say the difference will be 20. So maybe I should – well, it, it doesn't matter because these are all decimals, so, so make it 20. Okay. Uh, I'll take the under that one. Um, number seven, uh, J.K. Scott's longest punt. Mm. It, was, it, was, it was only 40 yards uh, this 40. week. Yeah, yeah, average and of thirty-nine, and yeah. Not if great. he has if he has back problems, uh, that those typically are more chronic, and they and they last. The chronic maybe is what he needs is a little bit of the chronic, and he would feel a lot better, It'd be more relaxed out there. Yeah. Um, but if he does have back problems, uh, those those linger, even though he's a young man. Um, hmm. You you want just say his long or his average? His longest. His longest. Um, Green Bay is so tough to punt in cold weather and this time of the year. Um, but I will, I'll, I'll put his long. I'm going to put that at um, – I'll, I'll make it a, a decimal. I'm going to make it 47.5. Okay, I'll take the under there. 7.5, will Darius Shepard return kicks? Oh, God. I don't know. I don't – the last I heard, um, Irvin, is it – it might be ribs – Ribs, wrist. I'm not really sure what his what his injury is, uh, but he's been hurt a lot this year. So I I yeah. don't have any reason to believe he's going to be back next week. So and if they don't put Shepard back, is this for punts, Dave, or kicks? Either, either. I don't know who else they're going to put back on kicks. I I think on on punts they could, you know, put I don't know Jair back there just to catch the ball. Right. Um, but I, I don't think they have anybody to take the kick, so I'm going to say, yeah. St. Brown? He could do, uh, St. Brown might be you an know, option. Did, did St. Brown do that his rookie year? That seems like, like he did. might have. Yeah. And they rotate like around. Him. Yeah. You know, that's, in, that's interesting. They're, I think they're trying to integrate him more into the – he only had the one catch, but over 23 yards this past week. So maybe they are – I'm still going to say yes, though. I, I – I think he's on a short leash, and I don't think he's going to be around next year, certainly. But I'm not sure they have a better option uh, with Irvin. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the answer is yes. I think they're in a corner. And uh, unless they, they, I don't think they're going to pick someone up. I think they're going to have to stick with this guy and tell him to hold on to the ball or just let the thing – just catch it, fair catch it, or let it go into the end zone. But you I'm know, actually, in college, you can fair catch a kick and get it at the 20? Like, oh, so in other you? words – yeah, I and I was really surprised when I I saw that in the Badger game. Like, if it's a short kick and it comes down at the three yard line, and you'd eh, you'd rather not return it, you can fair catch it, and then you get the ball at the twenty. I don't that that's that in the pros because I would have told Darius to do that. Oh, every single time, every Absolutely, single time. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But that's not that's not allowed in the NFL. Okay, uh, seven three fours. Will a bear do the Lambo leap? And if they do, who do you think it'll be? Hmm. Ah, uh, good one there. Um, I mean, of course they will because they want to desecrate Lambeau Field, right? I mean, that's kind of that's of course. that's their that's their profile. No fans, it's so easy, cowards. Yeah. But How, who is their main running back? Oh, damn! I, sh- I should have looked at this in in advance. I looked at the passing game, but they they've got a halfway decent running, or at least they used to have a halfway decent running back there. Do you, do you know who they're? Uh, the running back is uh, well. Now, last game they had Cordell Patterson, so. The guy that they oh, had must right. be hurt. They, they they transitioned him. Was it last year? I remember that they were doing that. 
Well, I remember uh, uh, surprised he, the hell he burned the Packers when he played for the Patriots one, like Monday night. Yeah. They figured out they needed someone to run, and they gave Cordell a couple of series and kind of typical Patriots fashion. They found a weak spot, and he did great. Well, but, that, but that's how the league has gone, though, where you want your running backs to be able to catch. And, he, of course, he came out as a receiver. So yeah. he, he would be, be perfect. And so, so why not? So why not say Patterson? I, I think, you know, he's, he's kind of a multiple threat guy. So why not? So you say yes, Patterson. And I've got the perfect one. This says 2020 written all over it. I think the answer is yes. And it's going to be Jimmy Graham. And oh, he will do the Lambo leap, Jimmy. and we oh, will God. blow chunks all over ourselves. Oh, God. Uh, so. Now, have you looked at his – I know he, he had a good game a couple of weeks ago. Uh, have, have you been following him at all recently? I haven't, but let's see. Uh, against Minnesota when they lost 19-13, uh, Jimmy Graham, uh, no receptions for no yards. Uh, his average was zero. No touchdowns. His long was zero, and he had two targets. So that's a very workmanlike day for Jimmy Graham, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and do they still have your boy at the uh, safety? Ha ha Clinton Dix. Is he still? No, I, 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 he's not on the tackle. I think they got rid of him. I don't know if he's out of the league or not, but uh, yeah, I wish, I wish that would make me feel a little bit better. They do have a guy named Barkavius Mingo. Oh, wow. Bark, that... Barkavius Mingo. I like uh, that. Yeah. That's uh, I think did he, was he on flash Gordon? I think he might have been uh, or Star Trek or something. Um, all right, and the tiebreaker is Packers total points. How many points do you think you're going to score? It's a good defense. Um, boy, but you scored 31 against what I thought was a very good defense coming in. Uh, I'm going to put – You want, do I do an over-under or it's got to be right no, on? That's just, yeah, it's just the best okay. guess. Okay, I'm going to put uh, 28. 28. I'm going to say 21. I think outdoors, I don't know. Is it possible the Packers don't get excited for this game at home again? Uh, we have another one of those. Well, if that's the up. case, that is going to suck because, you know, you twice in a row now at home, they, they play down to their competition. And you just can't, you can't do that, especially an in-division game like this. I just... I would be really disappointed if, if they if they suck swivel on, on this one. Yeah. Well, it's possible. But we sure would like it if you would play along with us in the Better Lines game. And uh, you can do that very easily by emailing Mike Miller at his email address with your answers at mintnomiller at gmail.com. That's M-I-T-N-O-M-I-L-L-E-R at gmail.com. And after a loss, we don't sing it. I want That's to be right. very clear on that. When the Packers okay. lose, we don't sing. You so get their worst, you get our worst. It's M-I-T-N-O-M-I-L-L-E-R at Gmail. That's as close as I'm going to come to doing it. So Packers got to right. win. If they win, we sing. All right. <laughs> so uh, are we on pop culture now, my friend? Yeah. Yes, we All are. Right. I'm, I'm actually going to I'm, – I'm foregoing my pop culture because I'm going to read – um, a work of art from Detective Sergeant Chief Inspector Andy Mundy. Uh, but with that preamble, I will let you, sir, do your pop culture. Oh, I was going to do the same. I guess I don't really oh. have other than <laughs> I finished The Queen's Gambit, and uh, I am watching some Star Trek. But yeah, I, I rather you, do the emails. Let's go. You know that Queen's Gambit is the most watched limited series ever on Netflix? 
Is that right? I just read that tonight, as a matter of fact. It is. If, if, if people haven't seen it, it, it really is worth watching. It is very good. I, I think that is a big word of mouth because, uh, you know, you mentioned it. My daughter saw it, was called me, like made me watch it. So and then I did the same. I told everyone I saw, ah, you got to watch it. It just it, it is when you have a good show. I don't you, I don't know what kind of advertising Netflix does other than just on your front page. But uh, it was it was a very good show. And I'm not surprised to hear that. Yeah, I read about it. Um, well, we have, we have a chess household, so I was familiar with the book when it came out. But I was seeing it um, kind of hyped by um, AV Club, Decider, you know, Vulture. They were all kind of talking about it before it came out. Okay. And knowing what it was about, I wanted to, to watch it. And if you, people haven't seen it yet, we're coming up in the U.S. on this, you know, the long Thanksgiving uh, holiday year. Most people will have four days off. And that would be a good binge if, um, if, if you haven't already seen it. So should, should I read um, the, the, the opus, the magnum opus uh, <laughs> from one uh, detective sergeant, uh, Inspector uh, Andy Mundy? Sure, right. go for it. I think he was writing from his mail truck somewhere. No, I'm wrong. This was not from his mail truck. He was on location in the desert. And I think you recall that we, we were chagrined. We were, we were desperately and were disappointed. We hadn't heard from Chris. He had, he had moved from SoCal uh, to the desert. He would write this every week. He hadn't written us. And so we dispatched our man in his mail truck, Andy Mundy, to go out and to the desert. And here's his, dis, his dispatch. Boy, oh boy, I am having a great time in the sweaty armpit of America. I left immediately after hearing your request to find out what happened to Chris in the desert. I don't think work will miss me or this old mail truck. It will turn 30 years old next October, so the old girl deserves a bit of a journey. Actually, I'm quite concerned about her once the check engine light came on about four miles out of town. That was over 15 hours of interstate driving ago, so... To save time later, please send me memorials in my name to St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Salina, Kansas. Anywho, after many miles of sand and solitude, I should ask you guys, how are you doing? <laughs> doing. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, good. yeah, I, yeah. I must miss that. that... It, ta- it takes true grit to make sand jokes. Hopefully, finding Chris out here will only take a few days more. I've met some nice people along the way. One man I met in Amarillo, Texas, was in the process of overcoming an addiction to line dancing. His therapist prescribed him a two-step program. There is an amazing crater out here in northeastern Arizona. They say it was formed by a meteor. Whatever the story, there sure are some great night sky views out here. I've done some amateur astronomy studies in our backyard for a few years, but to take in all the stars out here would be quite a serious study. To mercifully end my... (laughs) We we need some sound effects. To mercifully end my travel update and tie in another bad astronomy joke, what do you think of Uranus as a whole? Uranus as a whole. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) And then he goes on to actually talk about football. And uh, Andy, football... When you do a paragraph like that, my friend, we, we, we cannot talk about football. Um, any, anyway, he talks about the defense and lack of intensity. He thinks that the, there being no crowds you know, was not the emotional lift that a defense needs. And I, I think there is something, there is something to that. Um, 
And let me see, he also comments on Aaron Jones, Lindsley, Jamal Williams, Kevin King hitting the free agent market uh, to find out if they're large enough contracts. Maybe because of the reduced cap, maybe they will you know, wind up coming back to the Packers. And that may be possible because everyone's cap is going to be re- reduced. So maybe some of these free agents that we're concerned about losing, we won't lose uh, because no one else is going to be able to sign them either. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Detective Sergeant Inspector Mundy closes by saying, is Preston Smith becoming Nick Perry part deux? Mm. And there is something to that. You know, he, yeah. I, he's probably better in coverage than Nick Perry was. But yeah. uh, I thought you know, Nick Perry did a lot of dancing at the line of scrimmage. Um, so I, I think Preston isn't quite at that level, but yeah, it's, it's a quick turn. Quick he, turn to that level. He he does close with a with a humorism, and he, and he again he's out he was out in the desert ser- uh, searching for our man Chris, uh, who who did get in touch with us by the way. Thank God we were concerned he was consumed by, you know some 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 sort of haboob in the desert. <laughs> anyway, uh, he was he was saying that too many people out in the desert uh, with withered hair and beef jerky skin uh, always say it's a dry heat, you know when it's ninety degrees out there in mid November. But he wonders, has anybody in Wisconsin ever gotten away with telling somebody in mid-January that, sure, it's 12 below, but it's a dry cold? <laughs> yeah. Andy, sir, thank you for that. Uh, we, we both got a good chuckle out of it. We appreciated that. As we do appreciate uh, hearing from our man in Paris, I, Chuck, uh, checking in uh, after the game. He also laments four turnovers on Sunday was not really a, a good uh, palate cleanser after five Badger turnovers on Saturday. Um, and he also mentions the hockey officiating, uh, you know, is, is going to be a, is going to be an issue. Actually, that was my response to him that I mentioned that. So, um, anyway, uh, we're really glad to hear from, uh, I Chuck, uh, being in touch from Paris. And I, I wonder if he's still going to that. Um, you may remember the pictures that he sent us from that, uh, bar, the Packers bar in Paris. Mm, right. Yeah. And, I wonder if he's still doing that. Uh, Chuck, why don't you let us know if, if that's why you're still watching games. I don't know what the restrictions are in Paris. I think Europe was kind of going to closing bars again, and I don't know if that's come to Paris yet or not. But um, any, anyway, are you watching at home now? Or I suppose he might have an iPhone that he can watch on. You know, just it, <laughs> it's, it's just a guess, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, Richard Durain uh, was in count. He demanding in touch. He demands a recount uh, because uh, – he he and you finished at the bottom of the uh, of the of the barrel, so that was uh, that was sweet. And finally, an email uh, from our, our our team architect. Um, even he wouldn't design a disaster like Packers therapy, but uh, Brad, uh, our architect, he's got a it's it's an amazing coincidence. You know that that Brad works at a firm called Brad Elliott Ar- Architect. What are the chances of that? Yeah, it's yeah. sort of like like you think you went Perry into the interview is like yeah. well, first of all. I'm qualified for this job because here. my name is Brad Elliott. Yeah. yeah right. You're hired, son. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> so um, anyway, um, you, know, you know, he lives in Basalt, Colorado. Now that, now that name rocks. <laughs> I, I'm inspired by Andy Mundy. All right. Anyway, um, he writes us to say, since I know you will be spending time this week with nothing to do, nowhere to go like the rest of us, he's recommending a pop culture idea for us. Amazon Prime, he's recommending something called Undone. 
Have you seen or heard of Undone, Dave? I have heard of it, and at first I was confused because there is a uh, new show on HBO now called The Undoing, which is like a murder mystery with Nicole Kidman, which I am watching. I just started a few episodes of that, uh, which I would recommend It's uh, if you like that murder mystery sort of thing. But I think I saw it. it, it is, it's an animated series, yes. I believe, yeah. but yep. I think it's yep. like not a kid's show by any stretch. So more like like BoJack Horseman then, where it's a yeah, not, I, I, not I, a kid show. <laughs> no, that's not a kid show. Um, I, I I guess I I I remember seeing it and think it was interesting. I actually I think it's um, the, it, although it's animated, it's more lifelike in its animation of of the people involved. I I, I don't know for sure, and he makes a big point about not spoiling it at all, which uh, um, and I don't have no enough to spoil it, but. I don't think it's when you hear animated that you should think The Simpsons. I think it's something very different than that. <laughs> well, he calls it rotoscope animation. So I, I don't exactly. know what that is. I, I didn't look it up. Uh, but we do appreciate it, uh, Brad. Thank you for the recommendation uh, because, you know, you know, Dave had with The Undoing. Is that what you said you're watching yeah. on HBO? Yeah. And I, I just got done watching Hinterland um, on Netflix, uh, which is a, is, a, uh, is a British noir set in Wales. It's... I mean, if there are as many murders in Wales as you are led to believe in this show, I mean, it, it belies Be like St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it, it's like St. Louis, Detroit, Washington, and Milwaukee rolled into one, you know. <laughs> hey, and I got a question for you, Dave. So, okay. Brad, you know, Brad's an architect, you know, and he, I know he designed I've always wanted house. to pretend to be yeah. an architect, you know. Well, uh, like Art, Art Vandalay, right? Yeah, yeah right. And Va- Va- Vandalay Industries. <laughs> what kind of house do you think Brad's got? I see. I imagine every time I get something from these are these are well constructed emails. Um, the signature block, you know, is really cool. What do you think? Prairie style, kind of modern design on the inside. A lot of open space, um, sharp edges, um, hard surfaces, very minimalist. This this is the kind of the vibe that I'm getting. Yeah, I'm sort of picturing that. Uh... That's Silicon Valley, uh, you know, tech genius that's got the house that edges out over some kind of body of water with all glass, you know, that's uh, kind of built in to feel like it's, it's part of nature. Um, that's, that's, uh, that's what I assume. I assume all architects have that kind of house. Well, I just, I just clicked on the homepage, and it's um, bearchitect.com, and I went to Brad's page, and you know what? It he doesn't he doesn't disappoint. I mean, it's it's got. If you if you when you were here in Point, did you see the Century World Clubhouse? Did I take you guys mm-hmm. there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It looks like the Century World Clubhouse. It's it's kind of nice. got kind kind of that um, you know um, southwestern uh, the the Taliesin West kind of feel to it. You know, okay. so yeah. I mean, it's 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 very cool. And uh, anyway, if hey, if you're looking to get some architectural work done. I think I think Brad Elliott is your guy, man. This is some pretty cool stuff. So yeah, and he's. Yeah. I think he said he'll give you a seventy percent discount. All you have to do is mention Packers Therapy when you give him a call. And I, I think thought it that was seventy five percent, Dave. It might. It was a yeah. big discount. It, yeah. I think yeah. some things you can basically just write off. Just he'll do it for free, in solidarity with other Packer fans. It's a great deal. It's a great deal. Well, he does multi million dollar residences in Aspen and Telluride. So there you go. Anyway, uh, all kidding aside, thanks for the recommendation, Brett. We appreciate that. And thanks. You've been a listener for a long time. We, we really do appreciate that. We appreciate 
all of our listeners, and even those that are too cheap to give us money at PayPal. Uh, by the way, that's PackersTherapy at Yahoo.com if you're going to PayPal to pay us. And it's Thanksgiving. If you are thankful for this podcast, damn it, send us some money. All right. Uh, you have any closing thoughts, uh, Pastor, that you want to uh, you know, send us out on? No, I've, I've given you all my pearls of wisdom. I shouldn't cast it to the swine that I do, but I do each week, and I've, I'm, all, I'm spent. Well, I, I've got one thought I want to leave people with, and, and this isn't my thought. It's not an original thought. It comes from my eldest son, the, uh, the chess player, and, and he who sits in the other recliner while we watch the Packers t- together. He has, and, and, and I think people should, should contemplate this, he posits that special teams are the Holy Spirit of the three branches of football. Think about that for a moment, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's the invisible glue that, that, that holds the Trinity together. The Holy Spirit is the special teams. Hmm. Okay? That, so, that yeah. is, yeah. Let's, yeah. I'll, just, I'll just think about that. Yeah. Maybe Pastor yeah. Kevin could help us with that. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to reading Kevin's cosmology, breaking that one down. So but that'll probably be beyond Jesus therapy, I guess. So probably will be beyond. So you can look forward to that. We're looking forward to Thanksgiving, looking forward to a long weekend, looking forward to uh, not getting COVID, and looking forward to the Packers playing the Bears Sunday night, uh, Lambeau Field. Uh, I'll be watching. I'm pretty sure Dave's going to be watching as well. Yep. And well, we'll be back. prep. Well, I was just, just going to say, <laughs> so, so Dave will have to be putting it on pause while he goes and puts the other thing on pause, and he'll watch the rest of it, and then he'll have his colonoscopy, and then Chris and Dave will be back. Dave will be coming out of his big high um, on next Monday night when we record. We'll have more Packers therapy at that time, but until then, I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that is Packers therapy. I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that's Packers Therapy.